last week we talked about people. We're going to talk about people again today. And I think, it, I think it's no coincidence that, you know, what we got to hear already and how it all kind of dovetails and, and how the Lord puts things together. But, you know, it, it's about people. You know, this is really all about people and God. You know, it's not about, you know, who can dress the best, who can, you know, pray the best, who can, you know, give the most money. It's, it's about people. It's about you. It's about us together. And like she was saying, you know, it, it's about us. We call it a, a family or a fellowship. But it's about, it's about what God can do in the, in the body of Christ, really. So, so last week, a little bit of review. We, we, you know, I thought, well, this isn't a great way to start it. But we talked about it last week about problem people. And, and the fact of the matter is you have people involved. You know, the church would be really awesome if, if there was no people involved. This would be a perfect church, you know, if there was nobody here. But, but you know, we're, we're people, we're human, we have problems. It's just reality. And, and so we talked about, you know, dealing with people and, and sometimes people that are hard to get along with and, and uh, argumentative and cause division. I, wonder, I wondered after we talked about quarreling last week, I wonder if any of you had a quarrel on the way home. Would you be honest and tell me? No, of course he wouldn't. James said, though, that these battles, these quarrels, they come from desires that, that battle within us. It's like, you know, we all want something. I want, I want. You know, it, it starts, you know, at two years old. Actually, before that. It starts as soon as you're born, right? You start crying because I want, I want. And, and hopefully we mature, we, we grow, but, you know, we're, again, we're still human, and so... What do we do? We, you know, we're not going to get into all the specifics we did last week, but we try to help. We try to be a peacemaker, and he talked about warning people and, and speaking to people. And Matthew 18 talks about kind of a process that should take place to find that peace, to find that restoration. But I want to say it one more time is, you know, that... that First and foremost, we have to worry about me. Am I that person that's hard to get along with? Am I the one that's always wanting to argue, always wanting to say, well, that's not the way it's supposed to be? And then I think the last thing that I, I thought uh, was important last week was, you know, the Scripture says that, that we shouldn't quarrel with our Maker. We shouldn't quarrel with our Maker. Now today, believe it or not, we are at the conclusion of the book of Titus. You say, well, what has that got to do with anything, that picture, right? What is it? Pollock. Does anybody know why I picked that? Looks like Cinco de Mayo food. Somebody who's been here a long time, been with us a long time. Anybody remember? And? What do you mean? Yeah. We used to always do this. When we'd finish a book, we'd have a potluck. That's why, you see. Now, we have one every, every uh, month, so we're not going to have a potluck today. But uh, there's something back there. I, you know, Dathan always brings something back. You know, you got to get back there quick, though. <laughs> quick. 
But it's this potluck, you know, we get to the end of a book, you know, and it's kind of, for me anyways, it's bittersweet because it's nice to to finish something and move on. But it's kind of of like, you know, I've been thinking about Titus and Paul and and this church and and, and what was going on there. It's just been like, you know, it's been my kind of thinking and studying for a long time. I didn't didn't look back to see how long this particular book uh, uh, has uh, kept us, but, you know, the final remarks, and this is very, very frequently, if not, not, not every single book, but every, almost every book that Paul writes, he gets to the end and he concludes and he talks about people. He talks about a lot of things before, a lot of doctrine, a lot of teaching, a lot of theology, a lot of stuff about God, who God is, and, and how the church should be. But when he gets to the end, he talks about people. You look at the, the end of the book of Romans. Now, Romans is, you know, considered by many the most incredible, you know, study on the grace of God and, and salvation and, and everything else. But he gets it to the book of Romans at the end, and he has a whole giant list of people. And that's no different than here. Personal notes. And he talks about people. Oops, I did that wrong. Personal notes. He talks about people. All kinds of people. So let's go ahead and read it, uh, starting in verse 12 through 15. As soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to be at Nicopolis, because I have decided to winter there. Do everything you can to help Zenos, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way, and see that they have everything they need. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. Everyone with me sends you greetings. Greet those who love us in the faith. Grace be with you all. You see the people, and he names quite a few people here just in this passage. And it's interesting, you know, Titus was kind of, you know, sent to the to this area, the, the island, and he was sent there to, to you know, in the, in the beginning it says, you know, to set in order things that were lacking. You know, they needed some leadership. They needed, you know, a lot of things that needed attention. So, so he was sent there, and now Paul says to, uh, <clears throat> to uh, Titus, he says, as soon as I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me. So uh, the setting is that Paul had sent Titus there, but now Paul wants to see Titus again. He wants him, he wants to see him in person. Now, they didn't have Skype back then. Skype isn't all that great anyways. Have you ever tried to Skype with somebody, especially with children? It's like impossible. They they get there, they look at you for about five seconds, and then they walk away. Like, you're not going to have this conversation. But it's better than nothing, right? It's better than nothing. And we have, you know, these technology things that are happening. But Paul wanted to see Titus. He was like his his true son in the faith. And and what was really important was this relationship that Paul had with Titus. So we're going to look at a few scriptures back in 2 Corinthians. I want you to turn back with me. Remember I said, so just turn back until you get to uh, 2 Corinthians. It's about five or six books. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, he mentions Titus like uh, four times in 2 Corinthians. 
I just want to remind you, you know, uh, if you have a Bible to turn with me to these pages, one, again, to, to make you, you know, comfortable moving around within the Bible itself, and that's very important. But, but one of the other things, and I heard someone talking about this uh, the other day, is one of the other reasons why I want you to turn there is so that you can see what it is that I'm saying is really there. Because I could come up with the Rich Chapman version and, you know, and make all kinds of stuff up and say, oh, you don't need to bother looking at that, right? People do that. But it says in the book of Acts in chapter 17, it says, you know, that the Bereans, they were more noble than the, was it Thessalonians? Because they didn't just take Paul's word for it. They went to the scriptures to see if what Paul said was really true. So... I want you to follow along with me, and, and as I read, as you read your own Bible, you say, well, yeah, that's in my Bible, or you can say, well, that ain't in my Bible, pastor, I don't know where you're getting that, but I want you to see that it's really there. How else are you going to not be deceived if somebody comes along telling you some kind of nonsense if you don't know where it is in the Bible, and you don't go check it out and say, that sounded kind of weird, I'm going to go check that out for myself. Right? Because the red light should come on when I start to say something weird. Of course, I would never do that. <laughs> I say weird stuff all the time. You know that. That's just, you expect that. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13. I just want to point out some things about this relationship uh, you know, that relationships are important, that Paul was human, Titus was human, Norman is human. We're all just human beings. We need each other. And Paul, you know, had this, this uh, desire. He wanted Titus to come. I'm going to send Artemis or Tychicus there to you, and, and I want you to come. Do your best to come. But earlier, in a different situation, he says, I went to Troas, in verse 12, to preach the gospel of Christ, and found that the Lord had opened a door for me. I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went on to Macedonia. See, there was something about Titus that just encouraged him to serve. You encourage me to serve. How? Well, one, you show up, right? If you weren't here, I would not be standing here, like, making a real fool of myself. I... I don't know where I would be. I'd be somewhere else. So we encourage each other to serve. We encourage each other to do what we need to do. And that's what Titus was for Paul. He was his true son in the faith, but, but you know, he even had a door that was open, but he says, I, I had to leave because Titus wasn't there. Jump ahead to chapter 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 and 6. He said, for when we came into Macedonia, this body of ours had no rest, but we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside and fears within. Now, I don't know about you, but I read those verses and I say, I can relate to that. Conflicts on the outside, fears within, like harassed, like this is just like life. But look at verse 6. This is incredible. But God, 
who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. Who comforted them? God did, but who did he use? He used Titus by Titus physically showing up to be there. They were going through these incredible trials and troubles, and somebody shows up and actually puts their you know, hand out, shakes their hand, whatever they did, and encouraged him. That's incredible to me. We need each other. We need each other. You need me, and I need you. We can't do this on our own. Look at chapter 8. Verse 16, I thank God who put into the heart of Titus the same concern I have for you. For Titus not only welcomed our appeal, but he is coming to you with much enthusiasm and on his own initiative. Titus had a, a similar vision. He had a similar calling, a similar heart. And so, you know, they, they could work together. Again, it was encouraging, you know. That's what encourages me here, that there are people, you guys have the same heart. You want to you do the same thing. You have the same goal, the same vision. Otherwise, you, you probably wouldn't be here either. Look it down in verse 23, chapter 8. As for Titus, he's my partner, fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, they're representatives of the churches and an honor to Christ. He was a partner and a fellow worker. You see, Paul didn't, you know, pull some kind of, uh, you know, authority card, you know, like, I'm the apostle, he is this. He said, no, we're, we're partners. We're partners in the gospel. We're fellow workers. We're, we're doing this thing together. This is not a, a one-person thing. If we're not all participating, we're not going to get much done. We had our work day yesterday, and, you know, there was a whole bunch of guys that showed up, and we got a lot done. It was, it was awesome. It's beautiful. Have a look out there. But if it was just one person trying to do all that, it would take a year. But we had a bunch of people show up to, to serve, to pitch in. So Paul needed Titus and do you have any friends? Do you have any friends here? You know, someone says to me, they say, you know, I was talking to my friend the other day, and I always interrupt and say, you have a friend? You have friends? And it's kind of funny, but, you know, you, you know humor is kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because the truth is they may not have any friends, and that could be very painful, very hurtful. So... But my point is, if I have a point, is that we need friends. Now, I can't be all of your friends. You know, there's like 500 of you here. <laughs> you know, we, we're speaking, you know, evangelistically. You know, we, we, yeah. but, but there's a bunch of you. I can't be every friend, a friend, and I... I love each and every one of you. I can't be your friend, your personal friend. And, and that, you know, creates problems sometimes because everybody wants to be the friend of the pastor, but the pastor only can be friends with, you know, a few people, really. So, but I have a few friends, and I think you need to have a few friends, too. And how do you get to be friends with someone? 
Be friendly, yeah. And don't be argumentative. You ain't going to get many friends if you're one of those problem people. <laughs> but you have to be willing. You've got to hang around a little bit. Some of you, and I'm not making fun of you. Ooh, I better back up a little bit. Some of you come here, and as soon as the last song is sung, bam, I'm out the door. Well, you're not going to make any friends that way. We have coffee back here. Maybe it ain't the best, but it's, all, it's better than nothing, right? No, no offense to you. You know, Folgers. I mean, what? it's not Dunkin' Donuts, okay? But it's, it, it's a time where, you know, hang around and say hi to somebody. Maybe if you just stand there, someone will come and say hi to you. And maybe if that's you and you don't know what to say, just stand there. And I encourage, though, the rest of you, if you see someone just standing there like this, that means they're waiting for somebody to come and say hi to them. Hi, what's your name? I've seen you here for about five years. <laughs> we need each other. We need one or two friends. You know? So getting back to the story here, in, uh, in Titus, Paul was going to send Artemis or Tychicus there so that Titus could come and see him. So in other words, Paul, Paul was going to send some relief, right? Somebody to take over, somebody to, to fill in or whatever, a substitute. We don't really know if that meant that Titus was done there. We, don't, we just don't know the whole picture. If he was done and, and somebody was going to go there and permanently replace him or whatever, but it doesn't matter. The, the point is that, that somebody else was going to go. It was important to Paul. It was important to Titus for Titus to go and see Paul too. So he was going to send this guy Artemis, right? What kind of name is that? Artemis. Do you know how much we know about Artemis? Yeah, that's right. That's right, Tony. We know nothing about this. That's all we know. Artemis. But Paul was ready to send him, and some think that Artemis was actually the guy that, that took over there because Tychicus went and did something else somewhere else. But we don't know anything about him, but God knows about him. And the point of it is that each and every person is important. This guy Artemis, though the world doesn't know him, we don't know him, we don't know anything about him. God knows everything about him. And God had something for him to do. God had prepared him for something to do. Like Ephesians 2.10, you know, the, the, you know the, the works that God has prepared for us in advance for us to do. Artemis. You know, we live in a day... We live in such a day of celebrity, right? Well, you know, who's important? Well, I got to shake, you know, so-and-so's hand. Wow. Uh, I'm not going to wash this hand for like a month. Well, I ain't going to shake your hand again either then, if that's the way you are. That's weird. And big names are important, but that's just kind of like the way we've been trained, right? Big names. And... You know what? Who cares about big names? What, what's important is each person is, is an ind individual and, a, and important to God and important to each other. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you that. I mean that. 
It doesn't mean I'm going to be every one of your best friend, though. I'm just warning you about that. But you're important, and there may be somebody else here that needs a best friend, that needs someone they can talk to, share with. You might be Artemis. Nobody knows. We don't know exactly what he did or didn't do. Maybe you're going to do something and serve in a way that no one will ever hear about. That's okay. Isn't it? It's okay. God knows. How about the other guy, Tai Chikas? He, he was important too. We know a little bit more about him in Ephesians. It says that, that Paul calls him a dear brother and a faithful servant in the Lord. And Paul was going to send him to the Ephesians, and, and he, he, he would send them, and he would tell them all about how it was going with Paul and the people that were with him. He says, I'm sending him to you for this very reason, to tell you. He says that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage you. So Paul would send Tychicus, and he sent him uh, to Ephesus, so that, so that he could share with them, but, but also that he could encourage them. How many of you ever need encouragement? Do any of you ever need encouragement? Not me. Not me, Pasta. I got it all together, and I'm okay. Right? I'm fine. Right? I'm fine. How many of you say that? I'm fine. And you're screaming it. So I can tell you're not really fine. Right? I'm fine. No, you're not. You need a little bit of encouragement. Tychicus was sent by Paul to encourage, and, and I need to be encouraged. I don't know, you know, you, you get in these places, and then somebody will call you. Somebody will say something. You'll read something. Something will happen. Somebody will, will just look at you even sometimes, and you, you sense some kind of encouragement. That's real. That's real stuff, people. That's what we need. That's what I need. That's what you need. He says it again in Colossians. He, he says, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He's a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. I'm going to send him to you so that you could know all about us, but also that he may encourage your hearts. He said it twice, two different groups. That was kind of what he would send this guy to do. Maybe just maybe you're the person that is going to go encourage somebody else. Maybe that's your ministry. Maybe that's what God wants you to do. Step out and, and think about somebody else for a second and say, are you okay? Hey, I'm going to pray for you. You look like you're having a hard week. You're harassed. But I'm going to pray for you, and, and it's going to be okay. The Lord reigns, Psalm 93. The Lord is still on the throne, and, and you need encouragement. I, I, I can't do much, but I can just... I'll let you know that I, that I care about you. It's amazing what, the, what that will do. That's what he did. That's what Tychicus did. He sent him to Ephesus. He sent him to Colossae. And, and now perhaps he was going to be sent there to take over for Titus. Let's turn back to Titus if you're not already there. Maybe you're, you're probably already there. He says in uh, verse 12, he says to, to Timothy or Titus, he says, Titus, do your best to come to me. And then verse 13, he says, do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer. So there were things that needed to be done. He wanted to have Titus come quickly. 
He was going to send Artemis or Tychicus, but he said, you know, you also have something else to do. You need to do everything you can. Notice these, the, the, the word is a similar word in the, in the original language, and it means to be diligent. Be diligent. Do the best you can to come to me, but also be diligent to help these other two guys, these other two people who were serving. Interesting, he talks again. How much, how much do you know about Zenus? Like, that's all we know. What do we know about him? He's a lawyer. We don't really know what kind of lawyer is he. Is he a lawyer in the Jewish law or in the, you know, like the way we think of a lawyer in the laws of the land kind of thing. We don't really know what kind of lawyer he was. We don't know anything about him, but, but it, isn't it interesting that even lawyers can get saved and serve? Don't you find that interesting? Are there any lawyers here? <laughs> I better take a drink. I need something. Actually, there's a lawyer who's over at, at uh, Maple Root Baptist Church, and he is one of the most awesome guys. Very encouraging. But, but we see in this passage that Zenos and Apollos, they were serving the Lord. Apollos, we know a little bit more about him. He was a, a guy who could speak, and, and you can read about him in Acts and 1 Corinthians. But, but these were guys who served, and so Paul was telling Titus, listen, take care of these guys. They're out serving. You need to do what you can. Do everything you can to help them on their way so that they have everything they need. They're out serving the Lord. I think it's important that we help those that are serving, don't you? We've, we've been like that from the very beginning of, that we founded this church, that, that we, would, we would support other ministries and missionaries and, and people who are serving, and we have a whole list of, of people that we support because they need help. They need help that, that they can focus. They can uh, focus on the work that God's given them to do. So we support people as a church, and maybe you individually, you help support uh, others as well. And I think we need to have a heart to help people and to help support people. I, I think it's important that we do that also willingly so that, so that you know, and this is a sensitive uh, subject here, I think, in New England, especially perhaps New England, you know, that, that uh, people, you know, you know, have to get up and, like, make these appeals for money. You know, we need help. We need support. And, and sometimes, you know, it's okay to share what your needs are, but when someone has to, like, beg for it, that's not, that's not right. We should be willing to support people so they wouldn't have to do that. Maybe you and I can't go. But, but we can support those who can. Support those who will go, who do go. Then he says this in verse uh, 13 or 14. He says, our people must learn. Our people must learn. We talked about the rest of that verse uh, a few weeks ago. But what stood out to me was the fact that we need to learn. We need to keep learning. We need to keep learning. You know what happens when we stop learning? We stop learning. We dry up. 
I think, I think, I think I'm, I'm learning more now than when I was in school learning because I wasn't paying attention. Seriously. You, you young people, you better stink and pay attention, okay? Because now is a special time for you to learn. And, and I think what you learn most importantly is you learn how to learn. Well, how do I learn? And you learn skills, but, but, you know, we need to keep learning. And if we have an attitude, and this is what it really is, it's an attitude, you know, I've been a believer for 30 years, you know, I know all this stuff. Really? That's a scary attitude. That's scary. Paul the Apostle in, in Philippians chapter 3, you can read it, we don't have time right now. He says, I haven't obtained, I haven't arrived, I haven't been made perfect. He said, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I forget what's behind me, I strain towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal. And he said, all of us who are mature should take such a view of things. Maturity actually should tell us that I have a lot to learn. And I need to keep learning. I need to keep asking. I need to keep asking the questions. Well, what does this mean? And how does that fit? And and how does that work? And how can I better learn how to be a better servant, a better husband, a better wife, a better Christian, a better worker, a better student? I need to learn. I got to keep learning. I got to keep going forward. I got to keep pressing toward the mark for the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's incredible, huh? We're running out of time. I didn't know I was going to have so much fun. I hope you're having fun too. Verse 15, he says, Everyone. Who love us in the faith. Everyone with me sends you greetings and greet those who love us in the faith. It's a, it's a thing about greetings. And you know the actual word, when you look up the word in your blue letter Bible, and you already know how to do that because I showed you how to do that. And if you're willing to learn something, you'd go do it. <laughs> the blue letter Bible. If you look it up, it says this word for greeting means to literally, literally it means to Draw to oneself to enfold in the arms. Is that cool? Everyone with me sends you greetings that, that you're, you're part of me, and I want, if I was there, I'd put my arms around you and, and just love you because you're important, you're special. Notice he says, greet those who love us in the faith. There's this love that happens. I don't have to remind you what did Jesus said. You know, they'll know you're Christians what? By your love one for another. By your love one for another. And finally, what? What does he finish with? Grace, right? Where would, be, where would be, we be without grace? We're just people, but the grace of God. The grace of God. Grace be with you all. This amazing grace, we sing about it, we talk about it. This this undeserved favor that God has poured into our lives, something special. And, and that's, that's what motivates us. That's what enables us. That's what works amongst us, the grace of God. Where would we be without it? One person said this, that grace was the theme that dominated Paul's life. Other people have said this, that, 
that, that he was a grace case, right? I want to be a grace case. I'm tired of being a space case. I know that's what you're thinking, so that's why I had to say it. But I want to be a grace case where the grace of God, you know, we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That grace, God's grace is working in my life and in your life. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, I thank you for these people here. I thank you for each and every one. I thank you even for those that may be watching or maybe see this later, for Norman, our brother. Lord God, we thank you that you are doing something in this world and, and, in, the, and in the fellowship, and not just here, but, but in churches all across this whole globe, the body of Christ. Lord God, we, we thank you for your grace that, that makes it possible that you gave us your son, Father, that he died for us, that we might have life, that we might live life together as the body of Christ because of that grace, that amazing grace. Father, I, I also pray here this morning for any that don't know Jesus as the Savior of your life. Father, show them. Show them, show them, show them that you love them so much. You just plain love them the way they are. And you want to you give them the gift of eternal life. And if that's you this morning, all you have to do is ask. Open your heart. Open your life. And say, Jesus, please, come into my life. Come into my heart. Rescue me. Today, I believe in you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and sing together, shall we?